And so, Father, you're a God who cares uh, for all of our needs. And we help us to cast all of our cares upon you, for you care for us. And not to pick them up again and carry them ourselves, but leave them at the feet of Jesus. In his name, amen. All right, in Romans chapter 8, we're looking at this marvelous chapter, my favorite chapter in all of Scripture, uh, particularly Romans 8, 28, as we will get to that in, in the future. But I want to re- begin by just reading verses 17 through 27 this morning, and we'll be looking at the topic of, of suffering, tribulation, trials that we as God's children go through. We inherit, uh, as his children, many wonderful and and blessed things. And we don't think of suffering as one of them. And yet we know from the scriptures that suffering is part of our uh, walk. And uh, there is a purpose behind those. And we want to uh, uh, see that this morning as we read God's word. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 8. May God bless to our hearts the reading of his word. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. And not only this, but also we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, Even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Hallelujah. For in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for what he already sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, with perseverance we wait eagerly for it. In the same way the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And uh, boy, what a powerful portion of God's, God's word. We saw last week... We saw last week the, uh, the blessings of our adoption and how many blessings there are and that we are secure in Christ because we are sons and daughters. And I'm not going to go back and, and, and uh, review all of that. But we do have an inheritance and we have all the rights and privileges of natural sons. And really believing that should change our lives. It should transform our thinking and our action. Why? You ask. Because it's true. (laughs) And uh, 
uh, we are loved. We are loved more than we can ever imagine or think. And I want you to really let that sink in because that's one of the final things we're going to talk about from Romans 8 is that we are secure because of God's love for us. Who will separate us from the love of God? Nothing, no one. And we're going to see that. And, and Paul uh, is, is, is moved here. He's, uh, he's just full of, uh, of God's love and his goodness and, and adoption. We're uh, heirs of the promises. We're heirs of salvation. We're heirs of the grace of life of the kingdom. Uh, and it cannot be lost or taken from us. But best of all, well, what do we inherit? God himself, Jesus, that's exactly right. We find in, in uh, Psalm uh, 73, we do, <laughs> we do find it. <laughs> what am I pushing? It, maybe the battery's dead, yes. It's not working. Okay. Yes, I've got so many verses that I would never get through them if we don't have that. But turn to Psalm 73 uh, while we're waiting on the, that to, to work. <sighs> you got it? Boy, that was... There's actually a little switch here. It off. Oh, there is a switch. Okay. It's on. Pardon my ignorance. <laughs> Pardon my ignorance here. Uh, I know nothing about these machines, I can tell you that. All right, he says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And besides you, I desire nothing on earth. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that's who we inherit. And we will be with our God forever and ever and ever. And uh, we looked at that last week. And, uh, but today, we see that we are also the heirs of suffering. In, in verse 17, he says, If heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. And so, we all go, yippee, we get to suffer, and oh boy, and, and uh, uh, how exciting. Uh, no, we don't really look at suffering that way, do we? Uh, I don't. I mean, I, does anybody here that enjoys suffering? I don't know of anybody that enjoys suffering. But we do know from Scripture what comes from suffering. When we have to go through suffering, uh, uh, there, is, there is good that comes from it. That's the promise of God's Word. And uh, someone said, we bear the cross so that we might wear the crown. And the Scripture has a lot to say. Paul does. Uh, about suffering, uh, we find in Philippians 1.29, For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but what? To suffer for his sake. And also, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 8, Therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, or of me, his prisoner, but join with me, he says, in suffering for the gospel according to to the power of God. I love the, the passage that uh, Ben read 
uh, from uh, Thessalonians. And uh, uh, again, the scriptures are full of, uh, of this sort of thing. 2 Timothy 3.12, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted or will suffer persecution, I think as the King James says. Also, 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, 12 through 14 and 19. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you, which comes upon you for your testing, as though some strange thing were happening to you. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing, so that also at the revelation of his glory you may rejoice with exaltation. If you are reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and, the God rest, uh, and of God rests on you. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God shall entrust their souls to a faithful creator in doing what is right. you believe that? That God is doing right? I do. I do. And yet I have questioned him at times in my life. Was he doing right? Was he being fair? Did I deserve this? What could I ever learn from this? How could he love me and have me go through this? And on and on and on and on, uh, my sinful heart pours out uh, because I do not trust. I do not trust. But we must trust. And Paul tells us that as followers of Christ, we must follow his steps and to suffer with him. But also remember that Christ, who suffered, uh, suffered in a different way than we do, in the sense that he suffered as the sacrifice for our salvation. He alone made satisfaction to the justice of God. We do not suffer to meet the demands of justice, to satisfy the demands of justice. Why? Jesus did that for us. So we do not suffer to pay for our sins. We do not have to crawl up church steps and bloody our knees to satisfy the demands of God's justice. Why? Jesus did that for us on the cross. Yeah, aren't you glad of that? You don't have to beat yourself with a whip. I think Martin Luther would go outside naked and lay down in the, in the snow and suffer for Christ's sake so that he might be heard and so forth for merit. But no, we don't have to do There's no merit in our, in our suffering in the sense of earning anything from God. Christ has already suffered for us. Hallelujah. Justice has been met. It's been paid for. Our past, present, and future sins are all forgiven in Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, that's, that's, that is good news. But we are partakers of the sufferings of Christ. We suffer as Christ suffered, uh, not only from our enemies, but also from the ordinary sorrows of life in which the man of sorrows also suffered. It says in Isaiah 53, 3, he was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. All his days. And so are we. Because we're not better than, than our master. 
John chapter 15, what did Jesus say? If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. Do you think the world hates us? Amen. Why? Because we reprove it of sin. We tell them they need Jesus. We tell them that they are condemned. That's what Jesus did, and it hated him, and it'll hate you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own, but because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world because of the uh, because of this, the world hates you. Remember the, the word that I said to you. A slave is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they had kept my word, they will keep yours also. Did they keep it? No. Are they going to keep ours? No. But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know the one who sent me. And uh, so we share with Christ in that suffering. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We are to suffer with Christ in order that we may be glorified together. Wow, think of that. We suffer that we might be glorified. The design of God is the affliction the, the design of God in the affliction of his people is to prepare them to participate in his glory. Wow. We get to participate in his glory. And to the creatures and the creation and a state of sin, suffering is a necessary condition of exaltation. It is the refining process through which we must pass. Somebody says, God wants to wean us from this world in order to prepare us for heaven. And that's what he's doing. Our citizenship is not here. We're being weaned, and I know as I get older and older, I'm getting weaned from this world. I don't know if you experience that or not, but it becomes less and less attractive. And uh, I've already lost some of my close friends, you know. Uh, uh, my mother, uh, my grandmother, those whom I love. And so, but I know I will see them again. Amen. You see, so that's as we, and Dad says when you get to be his age, all your friends are gone, <laughs> of course, uh, his children and so forth. But he said, you know, you, you, you don't cling like you used to. You don't cling. And First uh, Peter uh, 1, 3 through 7. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great mercy, has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an obtain an inheritance, to obtain an inheritance, to obtain an inheritance which is... Uh, imperishable not in, and undefiled and will not fade away. Notice, it will not fade away. Reserved in heaven for you who are protected by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you greatly rejoice even though now for a little while if necessary you have been distressed by various trials so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold 
which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. That, uh, my friend, is, a, is, a, uh, is, is words that, that uh, are, are certainly true. And uh, we're going through this fire, but we know that in heaven is reserved for us. Have you ever made reservations at a, at a, a place far away and you fly to it or you drive to it and you get there and you find out, you know what, it's not reserved at all. And not only that, but they don't even have another opening. And so you're without a place to stay. That will not happen to us in heaven. Amen. Because it's reserved. It is being kept for us by God. Hallelujah. Jesus said, what did he say in John 14? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, and that where I am, there you may be also. Wow. For me? Yep, for me. Oh, sinful me. We see in, in verse 18, the union of believers with Christ in suffering, as well as in glory, is what Christ and his apostles taught believers to expect. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 24, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself. What? Take up his cross and follow me. Also, 2 Timothy chapter 2, 11 and 12. It is a trustworthy statement, for if we died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, that is suffer, we will also reign with him. We will reign with him if we suffer hardship. This is a promise of God. Also, Paul says much the same thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 17 and 18. He says, for momentarily light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. While we look not at the things which are seen, but it's the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And he talks about here in Romans 8 about the hope, the hope which, of course, is not, is not seen, but it's a blessed hope. And so the glory outweighs the suffering. Amen. The glory outweighs the suffering. We may think, boy, I have been through so much, and I know some people Christians in my life that I've known in the past, I don't even hold a candle to. I mean, not even just a little candle. I mean, th their life is a room full of candles. And I don't know how they do it. But God sustains them. And if you talk to them, you go, oh wow, this person is so much further along than I am. Because what do they do? They rejoice. They're full of joy. Their life has been uh, changed by this because God has met them along the way in all their trials and sufferings and their hardships. He has been there for them. Hallelujah, what a Savior we have. That He does this for us. There is no compa uh, comparison between the present sufferings and our future glory. Did Paul himself suffer? 
We all know that. Uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, 23 through 28, are they servants of Christ? I speak as if insane. I more so in far more labors and far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three <sighs> See, I'm just getting tired reading it. 39 lashes, three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I have spent in the deep, I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst, often without food and cold and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is a daily pressure on me of concern for all the churches. I'm just tired of reading it. Can you imagine going through that? I cannot wait to meet the Apostle Paul. I wish we could just bring him back right now. And, and, uh, but uh, uh, he went through it. He went through suffering. And yet, <clears throat> he did not quit. He did not give up by the grace of God. And we see the sufferings of believers here are only temporary, but their glory is eternal. And not only that, we see the, the whole creation. Four times here in Romans 8, did you notice the creation is mentioned? It uh, is mentioned in verses 19, 20, 21, and 22. He talks about the creation and, and what it itself is going, to, uh, going through because when we know when, when Adam sinned, uh, the whole creation now longs, it groans for deliverance. Amen. And one day it will be delivered. Hallelujah. <laughs> and I can't wait. I just cannot wait for that. Uh, but the creation will share in the redemption of our bodies when we're uh, 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 made new. So will the creation. But it right now is going through uh, much pain and much suffering. What do you long for? What do I groan for? What am I desirous of more than anything else? I mean, this is something now, just, you know, within your heart of hearts, just to ask yourself as we just pause just to think about this, because it's, it's so important. What is it that I long for? Because, see, I think that's what Paul is talking about here. He is saying, what is it all about? He is saying, I think, that God is a, creating a longing in our hearts more and more for what lies ahead, Amen. not for what's here in the present now and now. Do we long, do you long for what is in eternity? Ask yourself that. 
You know, advertising uh, is, is huge in this country on TV and all, and the purpose of advertising, as we know, uh, if it's effective, it creates a longing for the product. And I think that's what Paul's trying to do here. He is advertising, and are we listening? Are we really believing what he's saying here concerning us? Because it is true. Do we, are we really longing for, are we receiving what is for us? We long for all kinds of stuff in this life. Do we not? Do you long for certain stuff in this life? And we do. Uh, do you ever ask yourselves, I would be happy if blank. If I received blank. I would be happy if such and such a thing happened. I would be happy if blank. Think about it in your own life here. I mean, I, this is what I just thought about as I was preparing this. You know, most of the stuff that we purchase in this life, we have buy, what is called buyer's remorse. My dad had buyer's remorse. If he was here, he'd tell you about it. It's a train car in his backyard. He'll tell you that was the biggest, most awful thing he ever did in his life as far as purchase. He said, I did not need that. He said, after I bought it, I didn't want, you know, and of course they fixed it up and whatever. But he says, why? Why did I do such a thing? He said, I must have been stupid. And if, and, you know, if he was here, he would say, I was stupid forever purchasing that thing. Buyer's remorse. And isn't that the case with the things in this world? Because do they really satisfy? No. No, they don't. They really don't. You know, we get a TV, you set it up, and whoa, that's great. You know what? I need a bigger one. And so we get it and said, you know what? I need a bigger one. And then for long, we got this theater in our house, you know. Does that make you happy? I would be happy if blank. Nope. It doesn't. Why? Because you want something bigger and better and more. What are you longing for? What are you longing for? What satisfies you? And the answer, Paul says, is God himself. Amen. It's God himself. Right. It's Christ. Somebody said, the best two days of owning a boat is the day you buy it and the day you sell it. <laughs> I really believe it, too, because I've experienced that. And... Uh,
we see this, uh, this longing is shared by uh, all of creation. Uh, but it's God himself. Revelation 21, 22, and 23. Is this what we're longing for? As, as John wrote this, he said, I saw no temple in it. That's the new Jerusalem, you know, that came down. We, we read about this last week. For the Lord God, the Almighty, the Lamb, are its temple. Is this what we are longing for? Ask yourself. Be honest with yourself. And the city has no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God has illuminated it. And its lamp is the Lamb. Creation is groaning. You know, we live in a world, and I'm not going to finish, but that's okay because I'll finish next week and maybe the week after that. But you know, we live in a world where things go wrong, go wrong, go Have you ever noticed that? That things in this world go wrong? Because uh, they do. We live in a fallen world where things go wrong. And what Paul is saying here, there is a longing for better. There is a longing for better. But see, what happens is we take our eyes off of what we're really longing for as Christians, which is Christ, and we fix our eyes on stuff, which is a bigger, better TV set or a bigger, better boat, or whatever, a bigger, better home. I, I saw on some show there's a home that was just purchased by some guy that won the lottery, 50,000 square feet. That's insane. It is, I'm sorry. Really? What would you do with a 50,000 square foot home? <laughs> Whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're right. You know. But, <laughs> oh, Andrew to change the light bulbs. But uh, no, I, you know, this is what we live in, a world like that. What is it? It's a, it's a world gone crazy because of what? It's the curse of sin. In Genesis three seventeen through 19, Then to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you. To toil you eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles, Melanie knows about that, and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat of the, the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread. Till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Things are wearing out. Things are breaking down. Dad talks about that all the time. The second law of thermodynamics. It's all wearing out. And all of creation, Paul is saying, is desires that things be better. 
It's groaning. The, the earthquakes where the earth trembles. It's making a loud noise. It wants things better. Tornadoes. All the disasters in this world. It's longing for something better. You know one day it will be? Hallelujah. Did you know that? Isaiah 11, 6 through 9. And the wolf will dwell with the lamb. I want to see that. Hallelujah. And the leopard will lie down with the young goat. I want to see that. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And a little boy will lead them. I want to see that. And I will. Also the cow and the bear will graze. Just like it was in the, the garden before the fall that we just read about. The cow and the bear will graze. Their young will lie down together. And the lion will eat straw like the ox. The nursing child will play by the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child will put his hand on the viper's den. They will not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. I can't wait to have a pet lion. <laughs> I'm going to get me the biggest lion. He's going to be about to, and I'm going to ride that sucker all over the place. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Because I think we will. <laughs> I'm looking forward oh, to just what's coming. And yet there is a also we see that there is a longing of believers as well here because there is within us a dissatisfaction a dissatisfaction of what you feel. The Holy Spirit is producing in the believer this growing dissatisfaction I believe of what the world offers of what the world offers. What does the world offer? Nothing. Nothing, Nothing lasting. Oh, it'll tell you, uh, you know, and uh, eat this food and live longer. Put this cream on your face and look better. Uh, take these pills, you'll feel better. But there's nothing lasting. There's nothing lasting in, in, in all of that. And yet, we focus on that. Are we longing for the eternal state? Are we longing for the eternal state? And you know, I think we can know that within our own heart. Are you letting stuff go in your heart? Now, I'm not talking about giving away your home and moving outside and living under the stars or anything like that. And you know that. But are we letting things go in our heart? Are we clinging? Are we clinging? I remember eagerly waiting growing up in grammar school when summer was coming. Do you remember that? And you just could not wait. And the last hour of the school year was like an eternity. <laughs> That's kind of how it is waiting for Jesus to come back. We're all eagerly waiting for him to return. Let me just close with this verse, and I'll skip ahead. 
maybe I can come back to these in the <clears throat> next week. But I just want to, is this what you are looking for? Is this what you are longing for? This is my life verse. Why did I pick this? Because this is the hardest one to keep. Looking for the blessed hope. And Paul talks about that in, in, in Romans 8 here. And the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Are you looking for this blessed hope? Let's pray. Father, I just overwhelmed in your word how you, Lord, have made it so clear. And yet, Lord, how your children, how we can take our eyes off of what's important the eternal state to come and we can fix our eyes on this world and the pleasures and the things of this world. But Lord, help us all, help me more and more that we might look for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. May we fix our eyes on Him. For it's in His name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>